You are listening to the Future Drive Podcast. I'm Jermaine Muller, your host, and every episode I have conversations with great people working on even greater things, and you get to listen in. We talk about where they got started. Oh my goodness, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm going to work in TV. How do I, how do I even, like, I don't know how to present. <laughs> what do I do? What they've done. I started uh, paying me at home with, with no clients. I think uh, within the first six months, we had $600,000 turnover. The next uh, year, it was $9 million and then $15 million. The lessons they have learnt. But we did not get the grant. And we're about two weeks out and $20,000 down. And much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, we've got Dion Duval this week with us. How are you today, Dion? Uh, good, thanks, Jermaine. And you? Good, thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do and the businesses that you're involved with. Uh, well, I probably need to start way back um, when, when I was young. I had a long uh, career in Indigenous, working in Indigenous health, education and justice. I'm an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander man originally from Darwin. Came to Canberra in 1994 to go to university. And so I worked in the public service um, helping Aboriginal people, uh, like I said, in areas of health and education and justice, um, primarily as an Aboriginal health worker, and then um, went on to work uh, uh, coordinating and running the ACT Indigenous Courts in Canberra, the ACT Magistrates Courts. Then I kind of uh, went into the higher education sector, worked at Australian National University in the Javal Centre, helping and supporting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ANU students um, with their with their academic aspirations. And then uh, about a decade ago, I kind of fell into a business. So I uh, created a, an Indigenous clothing line because I saw a gap in the market. And going back 10 years ago, there's probably myself and possibly three other clothing labels, one that um, had been around already for maybe 20 years before that. Um, and it's still, still going strong. Um, and those other ones that I started with um, back then have now kind of dwindled away. But now the market's flooded with, with uh, Indigenous clothing labels and I think that's a, that's a good thing because, like I said, when I started, there's only a, a couple of us. And um, so I'm one of the longest uh, Indigenous clothing labels because it's, kind of, it's been a decade now that have been around. It's called Darkies Designs and I use the word um, deliberately to celebrate, you know, my indigeneity and, um, you know, being proud of my Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heritage and being black. And um, used, have used that as a vehicle to promote Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art through clothing and all sorts of different things, design, um, art, artists and culture and language. So it's been quite a, a powerful, a powerful uh, platform. And um, I've also been able to continue my work around community development through business. So I run, now run an Indigenous entrepreneur program um, and I have a, a business kind of the Canberra Business Yarning Circle, which is a community consultation vehicle that I use to uh, connect with Aboriginal entrepreneurs to see what we can do to help them with respect to their business journeys and aspirations through the program. And uh, yeah, I'm an, I am was awarded um, ACT Australian of the Year back in 2018 uh, because of the work that I've done through Darkies. And since establishing Darkies, I've established four other businesses. So I've got a cleaning company called Jingling. I've got two IT companies. One's called Yarra and uh, one's called Indigamation. That's all about change management and automation um, and AI. Uh, um, and uh, uh, what else do I have? Um, oh, sorry, I'm 
developed a business for my daughter called Teal and Bell. She was 11 at the time. She's 13 now. So that's another kind of Australian um, contemporary online shopping store that has kind of uh, Australian products but with an Indigenous twist. Um, so she's an upcoming, you know, uh, kidpreneur, as they call them these days. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> wow. There's... <laughs> There's so yeah. many that, that you you um you sort of struggle to even remember them. How do you do, I, I assume you're not sort of actively involved with every single one day in day out? Mm. Is it is it yep. um more now a, ma- a matter of sort of putting the right people in place and then managing it from a from a higher level? That's exactly right. So I do probably do bits and pieces on each um, of the businesses every day, some more than others. I'm heavily invested in, because Darkies is so well established, it kind of just runs itself. So um, I'm obviously still the, the, the face of it. I do all the invoicing, I'm the creative kind of force behind it. And, and people know me more, I think, because of Darkies. But like I said, that kind of just runs itself. And that's what you want to do. You kind of want to create something, employ people to then come in and do it and take a step back and then work on the business, not in the business. Um, not everybody wants to do, to do that, but because I have so many different interests, that's what I've chosen to do. I think it's a good thing to do. Obviously, you um, have to, you know, build and develop your business to a point where you can, you're able to do that. It's all about yeah, it's it's sort of like raise, raising up a, a person or even, you know, raising up yeah. and training a pet or something where, where you just want to, yeah. you can get it to a stage where it can be self-sufficient. It knows where to find mm. food and, you know, um, in the case of a child, more than just find food, but, you know, yeah. get, get into the get into the world. Um, but you do want to, you can't just give birth to a teenager. You sort of have to take it through that journey. Yeah, no. Business is the, is the same thing. You can't just create yeah. a business tomorrow and go, okay, um, I want to work on the business, not in the business. I'm going to remove myself from yeah. it and watch it take off. That's not just going to happen. How many people do you have sort of working for you and with you across the, the businesses, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, oh, um, I engage a lot of people. It depends on which one. So I engage a lot of people to do different things. I employ someone full-time through Darkies um, uh, and have a few employees through, through different um, the other different businesses, the cleaning uh, business. Obviously, there's lots of uh, employees because, <laughs> you know, there's lots of cleaners, um, cleaning lots of different buildings and um, doing lots of work on different, lots of different projects. So it's a bit of mix and match. So it can go from having one or two employees to having quite, quite a few. So it depends on the industry and the demand and the resources and the um, capability of the business and the cash flow and all that sort of stuff as well. So, um, yeah. So it's it kind sort of varies. varies a little bit. Yeah. It sounds like you've, um, it sounds like the businesses are fairly low, um, I guess, not very cash cash heavy not that there aren't a lot of sort of do you guys have offices for every single business things yes, like yes. that so, or? for a long time i just worked from home mm. but i uh, um you know it has its ups and downs but i kind of it was quite lonely especially um when i was first starting out and because it was not a lot of aboriginal people in business at the time so i remember going back a decade ago and it was before the development and um, implementation of the indigenous procurement policy that the government brought in a, a, like five years ago um, since then i think a lot of, a lot more aboriginal people are now participating in business and becoming business owners because there's more opportunity whereas when i was doing it there was kind of not really many around there were but they're kind of in doing things in their silos and that was my idea around creating the yarning circle to bring Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people together to talk and support each other and, um, you know, to discuss our, you know, kind of wins and losses and that sort of stuff and create, like, creating a movement that 
was kind of a supportive for um, for people and because uh, uh, it was quite low. So um, when I had enough money and resources, um, I, I got an office. So I've got an office that's based in Deakin and uh, so I uh, also have spaces for young entrepreneurs that um, would like to come and hot, hot desk, um, Aboriginal ones, um, and uh, and then people from the respective businesses work a couple of days, some are part-time, do you know what I mean? As a, one, one of my business partners uh, is coming back into the workforce after being home for a decade with her children. So um, it's a bit of a mixed match too with respect to the the, um, the the office, the era offices, but that's what I wanted, something that was quite fluid and um, there was a bit of diversity there. There's opportunity for uh, entrepreneurs to come and work if they want to for free, um, you know, a couple of days a week. And, um, yeah, just a place that I can have, you know, obviously work and have meetings and, um, you know, and so forth. So it's, it's been quite – it's a beautiful space and uh, it's a nice area. And, um, yeah, it's, it's actually really good. And I, I know that, you know, working at home has its advantages, but I think I quite like to have a bit of a mix. Um, if I want to work from home, I will. But if I want to have, you know, a really professional um, business meeting in a boardroom, then I – I have the opportunity to do that too. So, yeah, and I'm also helping other young, well, not necessarily young, just other Indigenous entrepreneurs have yeah, a space. In the just just entrepreneurs in general. They don't, they don't yeah. have to be young. <laughs> no, um, no, no, because, definitely. you know, so especially nowadays, I think there's, yeah. there's, I mean, there was a time, I think, when there were people who were sort of career entrepreneurs, if you could call them that. But, but nowadays, yeah. there's no reason why you can't just leave what you were doing and start a no. business at, 50, 60, 80 years no, exactly. old. exactly. I see people um, do that. You know what I mean? And I've encouraged people to do that. There's a, a friend of mine, actually, when I was at university, he was one of the support workers in the Aboriginal Centre um, and uh, did uh, was a similar role to the role that I did at ANU. And, um, and so I've known him for a long, long time. And uh, uh, he's a storyteller. So he goes and tells stories and talks about Aboriginal culture and stuff to kids and he's really good at it and I said you should do that full time and I really encouraged him he's like no, I couldn't do that full time and um but he ended up leaving and he was I think he was 50 maybe 55 when he left you know full-time employment and now he's kind of just booked out like he said overseas travel DFAT had booked him to do things overseas you know um for diplomats um and so forth over there and I just think that you know like you get if you give people an idea and encourage them then you know the sky's really the limit and I think that sometimes we kind of um, don't really kind of believe in ourselves enough or don't understand that there is opportunity there, you know, to really thrive uh, in the business kind of sector. Yeah, yeah because I think, um, and, and some of that happens through, you know, your upbringing, through tradition. That's all good. <laughs> Can you turn that TV down, please? Sorry. Sorry, Joanne. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I was just saying, um, you know, some of these things, some of these limits, I think people might place it on themselves, but there's also almost like upbringing and tradition and family that place place limits. Not and and those limits are not because they want to stifle you and stop you and stop you from growing, but it's because they feel like you know within those parameters is safety, right? Um, like that there's a reason why yes. there's people who don't leave their their country town because that's safe. That's a known quantity. You know, you go into the big bad city, there's, there's advertising and drugs and all these bad things. And, you know, business to an extent can look like and seem like the same thing because there's this promise of almost greatness, but, but at the same time, you know, we all know people who've failed in business as well. So it's not like you just get into business and and succeed. And all this is, I guess, to ask you about 
what you've, if you felt like there were any pressures sort of guiding you down the more traditional route um, and, and how that came to be. And I, I guess I'm asking that also because I'm, I'm Sri Lankan. So my parents follow very sort of traditional direction yep. um getting into business wasn't really something i mean even the even the more you know con- less less traditional parents i think wouldn't necessarily point their kid towards business it's becoming more of a mm. thing now but there's definitely yeah. sort of this these roadblocks almost did yeah. you get any of that did you feel any of that sort of one you know going into a yeah, world where I, there aren't a lot yeah, of indigenous people and then two i guess looking into yeah your background as well. Yeah, yeah. I um I wasn't I definitely wasn't encouraged to become a business person. Um I had seen other people in my family and family members that were in business. <clears throat> my father was one of them. He had a cleaning business when I was growing up. Um so but it wasn't so it wasn't something that was foreign to me, but but education was more something you have to go to university, you have to go to uni- university like that was just you know, um, instilled in me from a young age, like just over and over and over and over again. So, I, you know, and I saw my mother go from working as a cleaner, um, as a career to studying part-time um, and obtaining a university degree and then becoming a teacher and then saw how that rechanged our socioeconomic status kind of overnight. So I had a real kind of first-hand, you know, experience um, around what education, can do so I kind of thought oh yeah well you know I have to do that um and so and so I had you know quite a good career you know university graduate and I kind of fell into business uh, so I didn't ever think that I would become a business person so it's quite strange that I am um, I never and even when I started um darkies I thought it's just something that I'll do on the side and you know I'd never ever give up the security of a of a full-time permanent position anywhere but but I did. So I think, you know, like sometimes people fall into it. Um, and for me, it was kind of the realisation that I could make good money um, still and um, make even more money working for myself. And don't get me wrong, that didn't happen overnight. Um, I've been in business for 10 years and maybe five years ago, it was really bad. I was kind of thinking, well, I gave this a crack. I might have to just go back and get a job. Um, but then I won um, ICT Australia of the year. So things got to change. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing though, so, like... I think I, I always ask myself this question and um, it's something that comes up when, when you talk about a lot of sort of um, celebrities and famous figures, someone always points to something and goes, well, you know, in your case, he won Australian of uh, ACT Australian of the year. And that's what um, sort of, you know, without that, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to do all these things almost like yeah. um, that happened in a vacuum where you weren't yeah, doing right. all this other stuff, you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, like, and it always sort of really confuses me when people bring up that argument of, you know, and, and the one that I hear a lot of is, you know, well, they were born into a family with a lot of money. If they weren't mm. billionaires, well, you know, this person couldn't have started a business, for example, mm. like, but, but at the same time, I know heaps of people who have won prizes, who have won awards, who have come from money, who aren't actually able to do what, you know, yeah. what they would happily point at someone else and say, well, they were able to do it because of these reasons, rather yeah. than pointing to they were able to do it because of all this hard work that they put in, um, in your case. Yeah. You know, like it would have been, I'm sure the, the an award was never something that you were working towards, but it just yeah. happened as a result of all this other work that you put in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. sounds like you sort of started off with the Dark Ears design. By the way, like completely controversial name, I'm sure, when you when he came up with it. <laughs> yeah, it still is sometimes, you know. Like, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I heard it first, I was like, 
oh, is this, you know, is this guy serious? <laughs> like that's, that's um, my first instinct was, I hope the guy who's behind this is dark or, or, you know, has, <laughs> yeah. or, or dark is, yeah. has something to do with like, yeah. you know, like emo goth or something. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah. otherwise yeah. this is a, this is a statement, but going back, yeah. so you started it as a side gig side hustle while you were sort of working a normal job. Yeah. 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 I did. So I kind of, um, uh, and it was all kind of about, you know, empowering Aboriginal people. So there was a message behind it, you know, it, it is controversial, it was controversial, it still is, um, and I suppose it was really kind of just something, because I'd already worked in, uh, you know, community development and helping Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people for 15 years by then, do you know what I mean? So, uh, and I kind of saw so much, um, so much negativity and so much kind of distress and um, turmoil and, um, you know, just, you know, working so intensely and closely with people on the ground. Um, that I kind of just wanted to create something that made people feel good about themselves, even if it was just for, you know, a couple of hours. So, um, and, you know, most of, you know, Aboriginal people are, are proud people. And I think that, you know, uh, putting a symbol or some sort of language theme or um, Aboriginal art or something that really kind of promotes and celebrates and um, you know, it gives us the opportunity to, to, to do that as Aboriginal people gives us, you know, a sense of empowerment and gives us some pride. And, um, and, and so that was really the idea behind uh, the, the label and that, you know, it's just really giving people the opportunity to, Aboriginal people and Torres Strait people the opportunity to express how proud they are of our culture through, you know, clothing. So, and that, that's kind of grown and developed and, you know, now I do, I don't just do clothing, I do sporting apparel and um, corporate clothing and which isn't indigenous and uh, promotional materials and uh, print products and well, that's just kind of a diversification of the the um, and development of the business to have different lines of business so um, but you know the centerpiece of it is around Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and um, and uh, and Aboriginal art and language and and it, and it's something that sets me apart I think from from other clothing labels and and I do my own things too a little bit differently um, than the other indigenous labels that have come about over the last you know five years um that's kept me going and kept me relevant and kept me um you know viable as a business yeah yeah is there also an element here of sort of um creating something that answers questions or that that serves yes. a need that you felt like you had um you know five ten fifteen years back that and, and felt like there was you know, opportunity or you were looking for someone to serve this need that you had, but you couldn't find something. So is there a feeling of sort of creating that thing that you wish you yeah. had as well? well? Well, the other thing, the other kind of element around the creation of the label is that, like I was saying, there was only a couple around and I always really wanted to wear some cool Aboriginal kind of art on, on, on different sorts of apparel. And there was nothing really that I liked. Like, you know what I mean? I was supportive of it, but I thought oh, I wouldn't wear that. Like, you know what I mean? So I kind of created my own. Um, and uh, and so that's why I kind of engage with Aboriginal artists and I use, you know, in terms of design, I'll, I'll do that, um, uh, you know, just put things, images up and say, well, what do you not think about this? Do you know what I mean? And, and, um, and kind of gets just market research, really, um, through social media. So I think it's important important to do that but i think you know like being driven to by what i think is cool um but also you know what the public thinks and what they think might be cool and what they might want to wear because it's, it's smart in terms of you know your business um being a business person because 
I'm all fine and good if I think something's cool, but if other people don't, then I'm not going to buy it. So, <laughs> then you don't have a business though, do you? You just have yeah, yeah, exactly. something that sort to. of uh, pats yourself on the back, gives you what you well, want, but doesn't really answer a question yeah, for the, yeah, the wider exactly. public. And what, yeah, and, I, and that's what I say to a lot of people. It's like they have these, they think they have these fantastic ideas, but I say to them, well, that's great. You know, it's great that you think that that's good, but who's going to buy it? So that's the question that you have to ask yourself and you have to do some market research and you can do that really easily through social media. You know, um, it only takes one image for people to go, and you know, I know that I'm not gonna, I'm exactly. not gonna. It's um, so simple you know. these days. I, I like do this um, thing that a few people comment, like have even in real life sort of mentioned it to me that they love sort of seeing something like that pop up on my Instagram stories where um, I just do simple things. Like mm-hmm. at one point, I was thinking about um, creating like a subscription tea service, right? So, um, the whole point there was to try and source authentic tea from Sri Lanka and then yeah. you can sort of subscribe yeah. um, and then, you know, a certain portion of it um, would um, go go towards some, some charity of some sort. Um, and the yeah. goal there was, you know, say 50% of profits would go to a local charity. So you're helping someone in Australia and then 50% would go to a Sri Lankan charity. Yeah. So you're sort of getting both in one go. Yeah, right. um, and all yeah. I started to do was put up Instagram stories with the, with the poll feature to say, you know, do you drink tea or do you drink coffee? Do you drink, what kind of tea do you drink? You know, black tea or green tea? And did that over like a week's time. And I got all this, you know, amazing feedback and people Mm. thought it was just fun. And they were, they were just keen to tell me, you know, they were just keen to respond. Like, I think people love to be like, Oh, you know, that person wants my feedback. I'm going to sort of vote. It's, it's like this thing that happens. And at the same yeah. time, you know, I got 60 to 100 different res- responses about, you know, this this product that I was I was thinking about making. Never happened, yeah. never did it because I didn't have the time. But, you know, I guess yeah. it's all just say how easy it is nowadays to yeah. do this market research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you'll get, you'll get um, supported or smashed very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> exactly. Not everything works. I did these really cool yoga mats um, probably about four years ago and no one had, no one was doing them. So I had um, some really cool Aboriginal art and I, and I put the images up, got some um, kind of samples made and they just went, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to buy that, you know. So I got all these, all these yoga mats manufactured and um, cost me a lot of money and uh, they just didn't sell. So they were actually sitting underneath my bed for three and a half years and then the pandemic hit and, you know, no one could go to gym. So... Um, they sold it like that. I thought, oh, okay, I might just see, you know, how these guys, how the yoga mats go now that people can't go to a gym, right? So, and so they just sold, they just went crazy. So um, sometimes things don't sell, you know, um, straight away. And so, you know, there's always risk, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say in the business. But I think, um, and you'll always kind of make mistakes, but you have to kind of really uh, learn from those mistakes and, and, and try to... Uh, uh, you know, really be um, as cautious, cautious as you can when, you, when you're thinking about these risks because, you know, especially if you're an SME, you know, one wrong decision could kind of break you and, and the management of cash flow is really, obviously, really important in any business. So, um, yeah, so it is important to have an audience and, and um, you know, that's why it is good to have Insta and LinkedIn and Facebook and, um, you know, even TikTok these days because that's what all, you know, our kids are all on at the moment so to stay relevant um not that i've got a tiktok account but um <laughs> yeah you know, yeah Com- coming soon <laughs> yeah 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 so 
um, anyway, like I just think it's it's important to have an audience to engage with to to keep you current and relevant. Well, and also look at all these platforms as as tools, not just. I think again, there's this response where you say, you know, oh, I'm on Facebook, and the general response is stop procrastinating, stop wasting your time. But in reality, all these actually tools to look at where the market. You know, you 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 sell trendy products through dark is design like what what sells is is trend not necessarily um yeah. utility value when it comes to fashion because you know mm. a t-shirt's a t-shirt they're all yeah. all the same so what you're selling is what looks nice or what people yes. think is cool and it's important that you keep your finger on the pulse and one way of doing that is just monitoring yeah. social media use it as a tool use it to your advantage mm. rather than yeah. you know necessarily wasting time on it and, and spending a lot of time doing the wrong things on social media. There's, there's a lot yes. of um, opportunity there. Hello, Future Tribe. I just wanted to take a break from this episode to talk to you, yes, you, about the fact that you are listening to this episode, but you're not subscribing. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button right now. It really helps us out. I should also ask you to join our Facebook community. There's a link in the description. Check out the YouTube channel for unedited full-length clips of the podcast and tell your friends, ask them to subscribe. If you have any suggestions of who we should try and get on the podcast next and who we should have a conversation with, reach out to us. All our social links and contact details are in the description. That's it from me for now. Back to the episode. Talk to me a little bit about how you how you guys sell your product through on, on like is it through a website or how do you, how do you sort of get out there from um, in terms of Darkies Design? Yeah, well, it depends. It's um, things, items that you can buy straight from the website, like for example, like Aboriginal designed um, masks. Uh, so that they're just through the website. Um, some of the streetwear um, uh, attire that I designed in um, in honor of all of our veterans, um, and then there's other just an inquiry uh, kind of um, portal on the website because a lot of the work that I do is for corporates and um, medical services and schools, so school uniforms. So then, you know, that's more about um, kind of connecting uh, email exchange and then talking about design and, um, you know, whatever it is that they want specifically. So there's a bit of time to and forth, um, going back and forth and and talking about that. So that can take uh, some time, but, you know, there is the opportunity to, to buy straight from the, from the website it just depends on what you know the, what the customer is exactly. wanting yeah, yeah yeah and um we've talked about i guess a bunch of the really cool stuff you're doing i'm sure there were things along the way that were just you know you mentioned the yoga mats that were a bit of sounds like a bit of a mistake so i think you just had to hang on to them until the timing was right but if you were a small business and you spent all your money on that that could have like you mentioned just wiped you out completely because yeah. you would have not not had money to invest into a new new essentially new yeah. skew or new product but any any other things sort of come to mind where you sort of go yeah, that was that was a that was a misstep. I shouldn't have done that, or anything that nearly nearly sort of broke you. I think it's just the um, that that particular when you're talking about the clothing industry, carrying stock can kill you. Like you know, you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on on clothing, and it just sits and doesn't move. So um, you know, for a small business like mine, and um, obviously, um, you know, I'm I'm at a point now where I've done my other things with this, uh, all my other businesses. They're kind of going on quite well. So I'm, I've gone back to darkies and I'm really trying to develop that. So I will probably have to carry stock into the future because I'm developing the business and I want it to be the biggest um, indigenous clothing company in Australia. That's always been my, my goal. And I will do that. Um, so, uh, so I think um, 
you just have to manage that and you have to be in a position where you, again, knowing what sells, you know, if you don't have to carry stock, then don't. Um, so it's a bit of a mix and, and, and match, but uh, that's probably been the biggest thing in the past that could have possibly broken me. I remember one time having about $30,000 worth of stock that was just sitting in my, my spare room for, for a year. You know, so I had to think about, well, what do I do with this? How do I kind of, you know, it was kind of just a write-off a loss. So I had to kind of, um, you know, I did a competition, I did different things where there were giveaways. And so it still kind of looked like, you know, when you're in business, you kind of, a lot of it's about, you know, aesthetics and the way you look and present and, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, so I had to kind of make out like everything was good. (laughs) Sort of almost like that fake it till you make it sort of optics. um, You know, you look like you're doing fine in reality. You're like, how do I get rid of $30,000 worth of excess (laughs) stock that (laughs) isn't moving? Let's just give away, you know, $1,000 worth of stock a day for the whole month. Oh, yeah. And I was crying every time I sent something out. But um, anyway, it was just, it's just what I had to do again. It's about that continuation, staying relevant and being connected. And, um, and I haven't done that a lot for a long time with, um, with Darkies. So I'm kind of engaging more with my audience. I'm changing the business up a bit. I'm trying to be more um, uh, relevant to non-Indigenous Australia as well. Um, because I think, you know, we're at a time now, we're at a point where non-Indigenous people are comfortable or, or a lot more comfortable with wearing um, uh, Aboriginal clothing and different types of apparel when I started especially with my name Darkies they're like Shh, no way I'm not wearing that so um I think you know I feel like I've made a bit of a change in that whole um kind of way of thinking and it's still a bit of a struggle for for people they feel like they have to ask me can I wear this you know this aboriginal design shirt and I said well of course you can like I don't bring up Adidas and say oh yeah I'm black can I wear your um Adidas yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, exactly. I, I was just thinking about that. Like, it's an interesting point you make because um, we, we, you know, get involved, like working with clients, there are, there are often clients who have either an Aboriginal or Indigenous sort of uh, e- either, you know, getting funded through that and need, need yeah. to have design or uh, yeah. th- there's always sort of things coming up that I don't, I don't know where to look, who to turn to, to even ask, you know, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? But then thinking back and look at even fashion, I am... 100% certain there was a time, you know, where hoodies were perceived as, you know, had, had a certain image around them, right? Yes. Even sort of the, the streetwear culture, where now it's almost mm. everyone wears that sort of clothing. Mm. There was a time where, you know, you look like a thug if you just wore a hoodie and, yeah. and, and there were connotations around all this stuff. Um, and mm. you make a very good point, like, because nowadays, like, you know, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but the black culture sort of look at African-American culture um, and how that's just become so mainstream that hasn't happened with what you're doing yet um, or or the sort of the indigenous sort of not, not yet, but there's this huge potential because you can draw on so many, like so much um, heritage and culture and, and imagery and, design and stuff yeah. that just looks really yeah. nice but but it just hasn't yeah. sort of quite permeated yet no the, the, the uptake hasn't been as quick um uh and people are, are a lot less or a lot more hesitant to um you know to to do what they've done with african-american streetwear and culture and and so forth um there's more of a i think perception around a cooler element um when we're talking about um, black americans as opposed to black australians and that's really interesting to me because I also have 
African-American heritage. My grandfather um, was over here in the Second World War and he was from Louisiana. So I'm, um, uh, I kind of love that look and love, I mean, I look like more probably, people say I look more African-American than I do Aboriginal, which is probably true, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. we all look different, but I've got, I've got both. So I have kind of in my mind, and there's a lot of Aboriginal people um, that have the same heritage as me in, in Australia because of the Second World War. Um, so there's a lot of us with Aboriginal um, blood and African-American blood. But which is which is really really interesting, and I've always kind of thought that my clothing does have, and the style of it does have a kind of a little bit of that element. Um, you know, this, especially the street wear line. So it's a kind of a combination of that. But I really would um, like more Australians, non-Indigenous Australia, um, to really kind of um, you know uh, celebrate more and um, sort of uh, embrace that a little bit more. Yeah, embrace Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture more as part of being Australian. So that's really my message, and that's all I say to everyone. It's like you don't have to be black to wear to wear an Aboriginal um, flag or an Aboriginal design. You don't have to ask for for permission to do that. You know, like I think it's it's I think it's very respectful and um and I think it's respectful that they've asked. So they're obviously thinking about that because they don't want to offend but um you know so i think we just need to keep continuing to have the, these conversations and, and say to people well yes it, it is it is okay to wear an aboriginal flag on a shirt you know if you're not aboriginal i wear an australian flag <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly like, exactly um, uh, or people wear you know the the yeah, union yeah, jack or the american yeah, flag yeah, and yeah. You, you never ask you never think that no, I just, uh, yeah just do so, it I mean, it is nice in a way, but it, but also it kind of, in terms of, of a business perspective, it inhibits, you know, my ability to, to make more money because of the, there's these um, obstacles that people have around, well, can I actually wear that? Should I purchase that? You know what I mean? So it can make it harder when you're in, when you're in business. And, and if I had... Sometimes I thought in hindsight, oh, maybe I shouldn't have called it darkies, but I was trying to prove a point and, uh, and I've made that point. And, but I've still been, you know, really, actually really successful in, uh, in that business. And like I said, it's been going for 10 years and I've established four, four other businesses in the meantime. So um, it was a good kind of training ground um, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fa- fashions, it's a commodity, right? So um, just trying to stand out because people people appreciate good design but there's only there's only so much they'll pay for you know a nice t-shirt they're not just going to spend infinite amounts of money on it and it just makes it as a business case quite difficult because you're competing with everyone like anyone and everyone everyone from kmart to louis vuitton is a competitor um even though you can sort of segment the market um because it's sort of commodity commodity items um before before we move on from the whole i guess looking at how we can or how it can become more mainstream for the lack of a better word. Do you think part of it, I mean, look at black American culture. I feel like part Mm. of what's made it so, so pervasive is that, is that, um, it's just so they have these ambassadors almost, right? Like I, I can't think of single sport where there aren't, you know, um, African-Americans who are at the top, whether, or, or people who look like African-Americans, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's sort of helped and, and there's hip hop yeah, and music that again, like the, 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 the most Aussie person, um, would you know head mang to like Kanye West and and yes. there's there's a certain you know level of coolness to to it. Yes. Have you thought about sort of um I guess tapping indigenous sort of celebrities for the lack of a better word on the shoulder and sort of group teaming up with them to try and um push push that sort of similar 
um, yeah, 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 definitely. Forward? Yeah, yeah, and I have. I, you know, the, uh, uh, going back to, um, I'm giving the secrets away there, but um, when I was sending a lot of, I've always kind of given um, stuff out to promote the label, so I always did use and always have used, um, you know, Aboriginal people with high with um, high profiles. Um, so whether they're politicians or sporting people or you know actors or, um, uh, uh, have you heard of Black Comedy? The show Black Comedy on the ABC. No, right. It's a it's a, an a- Aboriginal comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, really quite su- successful now. But um, a couple of years ago, one of the actors in there wore um, uh, a few of my di- designs like three or four weeks in a row. So you know, like I've kind of done it. You know, uh, been quite strategic about about that. And that was kind of when I was really I only had darkies, and I really was trying to always you know think of ways to to get it out there. I don't kind of really feel like I have to do that anymore, even though there's lots of other Indigenous clothing labels out there that have surpassed anything that I've ever done and, um, you know, are, are a lot more popular. But I kind of feel like, well, I've established myself as a business person. Buckies has been around for a decade. You know, I've got some runs on the board and I don't really feel the need to have to do that. But in saying that, um, uh, I, I probably will start, you know, reaching out to a few a few um, high-profile high people um, to, to take some pics and, and get it in. and um, uh, non-Indigenous Australians too because that, that's what I would really like to see more people um, that aren't um, necessarily just Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander um, people wearing my designs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, when, when you're looking to relaunch and sort of tapping into that, that sort of makes sense. Um, looking at like the fact that you've got a number of businesses, um, before we wrap up, I'd be interested to hear about how you think of think of business as a whole in that like I I look at business as again like a tool as a vehicle whether it's to um, make you know to create change um, to make to normalize things to make a message heard um, it sounds to me like you sort of look at business in this in a similar vein and you just you know have different yeah. businesses that sort of cater to different things but um, yes. Is that sort of how you look at business as just this one big thing that you can create and shut down and open and ramp up and yeah. all that as yeah. you as you please? Is that sort of how you look at it? Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like there's because I'm quite um, a, a lateral thinker and quite creative. So when I see an opportunity and a gap in the market, then I think um, there may be an opportunity to create something or to develop something. Then 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 I do. Um, uh, I think for a while there was a bit crazy because I was like, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this and I'll do that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise people to do that because then you spread yourself too thin. I'm in a, at a point now where I've kind of brought people on board so that I can rely and trust them enough to do that, what they need to do with respect to it, all of the businesses and I do my part and, and um, that's why they're, they're um, still developing and none of my businesses have failed. Um, but, yeah, I kind of feel like I like the fact that it can, I can help people through that through my business uh, businesses and um, create opportunities for employment for people that I like, <laughs> um, for other Aboriginal people. Um, I have the opportunity to sponsor, you know, sporting clubs and things like that. Um, and it, I like the way that, it, you know, in business, colour's not such, you know, a big thing because it, when, you know, when you're a business person, you want to help people and, you know, there's a community, there, there's a sense of community that you don't really find um, you know, say, for example, working as a public servant, um, you know, it's exciting, it's challenging, it's bloody hard, but it's rewarding too. And and it's, there's a real sense of respect around. And I think I'm doing it too also to change the perceptions that, um, you know, non-Indigenous 
people in the wider community have had about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the past um, because I am successful and I am creating, you know, businesses and, and opportunities for people. I'm still helping people um, in, every, in, in, in all of my businesses. There's, you know, there is a, a component there where I'm giving back to the Aboriginal community and bringing black and white people together to work on projects and to, and to do things together. And I think that that's a big part of what I like about business as well is that, you know, we all have to work together. Um, you know, we should work together. We don't always do that. But I think business creates opportunities for different, very different people from very different backgrounds and cultures to come together. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and that's something, and you know, we, we sort of want to celebrate as like at, at Future Theory and, and through the podcast and through what we're trying to do is celebrating the yeah. fact that one, it, like you said, it's this common thread that can tie anyone and everyone together. Like um, just the other day, I saw that uh, Stripe, which is a payment processor. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're a multi-billion dollar yeah. company. Yes. They've purchased a Nigerian yeah. startup for, I think it was the biggest acquisition by Stripe. Um, to date, a couple hundred million dollars, right? And yeah. I think I think it was something like that. Um, and you know what impressed me there was that this you know huge multinational payment processor has gone to Africa and purchased a company um, based out of Nigeria. Now mm-hmm. I can't think of any other instance apart from sport where the you know that can happen where where this giant will go in and pick up this other thing. Um, so you know, business has just this way of what we would say is like equalizing, right? Of, of yes. sort of making an even playing field for everyone involved. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely, there is that element to business. And that's, I think another thing that, another thing that I, that I like about it. Yeah. 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 And, and another thing I picked up on was um, it sounds like you do feel, and, and I get this, I have this feeling as well of like, you almost represent a whole society, like a whole community, a whole, whole sort of, kind of a whole people um where like when i talk to people i'm like dude you know you're representing sri lankans like you're a sri lankan australian but like people are gonna people are gonna blame sri lanka if you you mess up if you if you you know if you don't deliver on time they're gonna be like oh man sri lankans like don't 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 work with them um do you you get a bit of that that feeling just being you know a minority in in these when you go into the business world yeah 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 definitely i think um especially when I was starting out uh, because I had kind of never really had, besides my father, he would already be sold his business uh, many years before. Um, I didn't kind of really have much context or frame of reference or, um, you know, anybody to talk to about it. And uh, there was a sense of this, oh, okay, well, um, and people would say, oh, what's he doing, you know, doing this label? What's Dion doing? And, you know, um, um, and especially when I end up having multiple businesses and say, what's he doing now? But, um, but yeah, there is kind of a, a sense of, I think, having to represent and, um, and to succeed. And sometimes that uh, can be hard and can make it harder and it can make the journey sometimes a bit more lonely. <laughs> um, and the more success you get, the more hits you get too. Like I've learned to become, you know, I used to be really, I am still sensitive in nature, but these days, you know, it takes something pretty bad for me to, for it to really affect me. You know what I mean? So um, you can become a lot more resilient and you need to have that when you're, when you're in business and, and even when you're not that successful, you know what I mean? Like you have to just keep going if you want to, want to succeed. But when that success comes, it's, it's kind of like, you know, tall poppy syndrome as well. And, um, but yeah, so I, but I do feel like I'm representing and I do feel like it's given me the opportunity to, um, um, go back to my roots as well and learn more about my Aboriginal 
and Torres Strait Islander culture, especially when I'm talking about darkies, because um, you know it's so centered around um, my culture, and and also thinking about in the future, you know, some sort of collaboration with a, an African American label too to kind of bring that element in, and that's again, you know, we're trying to be a little bit different, have a bit of an edge over other. Um, you know other businesses and and when i'm talking about my label that's something that i think i wouldn't mind doing and also kind of uh a, a, an islander influence because i have um islander heritage as well so um Torres Strait Islander heritage but also south sea islander heritage because my father's a descendant of the slaves that were brought over from um the blackbird blackbirding days you know um uh which australia doesn't really know much about is, yeah is a part wow. of our history that people, you know, um, white settlers would go and travel the seas, the, uh, and, you know, and um, take people, just take people from their islands, from the Solomon Islands, from um, Vanuatu, from New Hebrides, you know what I mean? And um, so a lot of Aboriginal people have that heritage, heritage as well. But um, I'd like to tap into that. My particular island is in Tana, which is in part of Vanuatu, um, which the French colonised, and that's why my name's Debout. It's not spelt right, but it's French you know, derived um, it's, you know, French um, derivation. So um, I wouldn't mind kind of implementing that kind of uh, some Islander feel to some of the elements of design when I'm talking about my label as well. But yeah, so there's lots of, lots of people that I feel like I represent. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, de- definitely. Yeah, and it can feel like a bit, bit of bit of a weight sometimes, but um, at the same time, you know, it's it's also not not the worst thing to have a bit a bit of pressure to sort of push you forward. But um, before we wrap yeah, up, I just it. wanted to touch on that sort of thing that you mentioned about you know you're still a sensitive person, but you you yeah. can take a few more hits. And I think mm. um, for anyone listening, I think what I've learned is that it's important to to work on yourself and sort of your mindset and how you look at things and how you handle things yeah. to the best way I can explain it is to maintain a stabler baseline emotion as possible so that, you know, whether you succeed or you fail, that baseline doesn't sort of, because because the last thing you want is this baseline that's just bumping between, you know, good and bad, right? Because in a, in a day in business, you can go through literally everything, yeah. <laughs> let yeah. alone a year in business or 10 years in business. Um, yeah. So it's just maintaining that stable, especially when you've got people working for you, you know, they shouldn't, yeah. they shouldn't get, you know, you shouldn't get angry at them because of something that happened to you in the morning that they had nothing mm-hmm. to do with. Or um, so you need to sort of just work on, I guess, that emotional side and really look into yourself and yes. your mental sort of mindset as well. Yeah. I think it's, that's a good point. Like you do, it is because you know, it's so busy. When you're, when you're making and generating your own money, there's no time for, for nonsense. There's no time to fart ass around, you know, and um, dwelling on things. that You just need to, to deal with things really uh, swiftly, practically, um, and really sensibly. And sometimes that's hard, you know, because there is pressure. You have to pay people. You have to do this. You've got bills. You've got, you know, places to be and events to be at and, um, you know, uh, talks to give or whatever. And so I feel like sometimes... You know, if you allow that to kind of get to you, then and it, you know, it can really affect your mental health and your physical health. So I think you need a good balance in life. You need to be able to take time out. Um, and when you go into business, do that sensibly. So I would never say to anybody, quit your job and go and work. You know what I mean? Like work and then you know see how your business goes. It's like um, don't don't give up your day job. Um, just 
do it as a hobby possibly at first and then it's different if you've got investors or if you come from money that's different um you know because at the end of the, the day you know like it's all about how you can manage and how you can build and develop your label or your business whatever that that might be um without and still being able to pay the bills you know so um i think you just have to have a lot of common sense as well around and and you know when you're your business you are the business you know, when you have a business, like for me, a lot of my business, I'm the centre of that. You know, on the face of it, on the, you know what I mean? Like people, when they see the business, they know it's me. And so, <clears throat> um, so you have to look after yourself, you know. Um, uh, and, and sometimes that's hard, you know, I'm getting old now, I'm nearly 50, and, you know, I'm fat. Probably my looks, man, not over here, but uh, yeah. You know, like it's, I think it's important to, to to look good, to present well, to look after yourself, look after your family. You know, I mean, that's really important. Um, you know, um, that's why I'm down the coast at the moment. Still working, but like I think, you know, mix it up a bit and make sure you're able to um, uh, remember what are you working for. You know, the things in that in your life that are important, which is your health, which are your loved ones, your children, your wife, um, or your husband, whatever. You know, what I mean, like just have a bit of a kind of um, you know, like you're saying, a baseline, a, a, a really kind of um, sensible, uh, balanced uh, outlook on life, but actually practice that as well. You know, because when sometimes people, I've seen people in business and they work themselves to death, mm. you know, for what? Yeah, yeah, you know, forgetting, they, forgetting to spend time with the family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's it so, all for? A bit of a balance, you know. It's, it's good to be rich, but no good being rich if you're dead. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. Or, or rich if you're estranged from your family because, you know, oh, yeah. they don't know who you are. Well, you've got no, yeah, you've got no family. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, really important. that's really important too. Um, there's so many different factors that you have to think about um, when, you're, when you're in business and uh, you have to be smart. And good business people are smart. Yeah, because you don't survive. You have to be smart. You have to think smart. You have to be strategic. Um, otherwise, it's just it, it doesn't work. Well, ultimately, I think it all comes down to execution. That's how I look at it. It's not so much, it's not so much anything else, but how you decide to do what you do and how you decide to do, to you know say no to certain things. It's about and that's why you've got to be smart because it's all in what you do with what you're given, um, you know, just quickly going back to you getting to um, ACD Australian of the year. It was all like, again, there are heaps of people who win awards who don't, who aren't able to, or who don't do the right things with it or don't do things with it that, that get them anywhere. Like, you know, I know heaps of people who've won awards and X, Y, and Z, and they just, it just, that was it. Like it it was received, it was done, done deal. So it's all execution at the end of the day. Um, Before we, before we roll into the top 12, where can uh, people find out more about um, yourself and your, your businesses and connect with you? Uh, so I've got, um, like I said, five different businesses. And um, so, you know, just Google Darkies or Google Yera or, um, you know, just go to any, any, of the, any of the websites or like, you know, when you, like anybody, when you're trying to, trying to have a bit of a squiz at someone, you just Google them these days. Everyone just does that, don't they? So, and then everything comes up. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, before it was like, I'll go to www. Well, you just, you know, now people just stalk each other on social media. <laughs> yeah. Just search up a name and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Search a name. And that, you, you know, no one's, 
everyone's kind of life is out there, you know, you can't get away from it. So um, that's the kind of the easiest way to, to but darkies is probably, you know, the, the one that, you know, you'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> you'll yeah. find the things that I do. And that's, I mean, I don't even know, how did you find me? <laughs> I don't, Hayden found you. Hayden found you. So um, you'll have to ask Hayden. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, but um, these types of um, yarns, these types of things that I do, it's it's weird that you know people track you down. Like, and they might not even be. And, and it's not even sometimes that people know me. It's just like they've typed in Indigenous entrepreneur, and then I come up. You know what I mean? So um, it's kind of by chance a lot of the time. But I think you know the more things you do. Um, like even like this, if you give, I'll be online or something, we're doing this interview somewhere or, you know, so it's kind of very easy for people to find um, people these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, Perfect. Yeah. Just, just Google yeah. Dion and you'll find out um, all about, all about his businesses and, and what he's doing. Um, are you ready for the top 12? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's roll into it. So um, top three books or podcasts that you recommend? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't read many many um i don't read a lot to tell you the truth and i don't listen to too many podcasts so i can't really give you that many answers but number one two and three read the bible you'll you'll get somewhere in life if you start reading that yeah have you read the bible yourself or do you read the bible yeah every day every day first thing i do when i get up read my bible wow I, I i don't know why i'm why i'm surprised i shouldn't be surprised but um that's I can, I can tell you this much. No one else has given that answer before. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, um, that's what, what I attribute all of my success to. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. Love it. That's, that's like a whole other podcast episode that I'd love to have a conversation with you about sometime. Sure. Um, top three software or tools that you can't live without. Oh, I, do, I can't live without. Are you talking software or hardware? <laughs> Either, either. My phone, my laptop. My phone, my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> what what apps do you sort of rely on? What do you use for emails? Oh, just, what do you use like, for- it's ter- It's not a good thing, but, you know, because I've got so much going on, I have to, you know, my phone, I'm constantly on my phone, which is, like I said, it's not, not good. Sometimes the kids are saying, get out the phone, Dad. But, um, you know, we have so much access to technology and I'm always just scrolling through and checking my emails and, um, and I have my laptop everywhere. But, I mean, that's a part of my life and part of my business and that's what allows me to have the flexibility to work from wherever and still make money um so you know uh and be and be a successful business person i need to be able to do that so um but i do need to switch off and uh you know especially now yeah it's a, it's a fine balance at the end of the day yeah, but when you've got when you've got a number of businesses like they 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 also require your attention yeah, that's yeah, how you gotta look at it um top three mantras you try to live by Anything you sort of tell yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, going back to um, my um, faith, I have um, a couple of verses. My favourite verses from the Bible, um, Psalm um, 37.4, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. So that's something that, um, you know, I, I meditate on, on quite a lot. I've got lots of scriptures that I meditate on and um, that's, like I said, is what... Um, really really helps me to get through you know they say you know when you're reading the bible it doesn't you don't really actually read the bible the bible reads you so it's there's something or a passage or a scripture or an example or something a strategy for everything in life in the bible so that's what i use to get me through yeah yeah love it love it um top three people you follow or study and and why 
Um, top three people. That's a hard one. Um, ah. There's not really anybody in particular. I, I kind of like to watch um, different politicians. I like to watch um, different different business people. Um, I like to watch um, different sports people. And I like to watch just people in general, like people, say, for example, that um, I have seen kind of grow as business people through the entrepreneur program that I, that I run. Because I think that, um, you know, people have been my business for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like I've worked really closely, intensely with people and that's kind of carried over into business. And I just, I kind of am quite um, interested in people in general um, uh, because I kind of want to help where I can. But I think it's just nice to see people um, because you can learn from all sorts of different people and they don't have to be, you know, billionaires or amazing successful people. They can just be everyday people. And I find um, I do some mentoring with young Aboriginal public servants and I learn a lot from them. Um, I do lots of talks at schools and our youths, I learn a lot from them because they kind of are so open, a lot of them anyway. And um, I think just in terms of, again, staying relevant and knowing what's happening um, to people in different lives and different kind of um, sectors of the community, our youth is something that we don't really kind of look at enough. Um, and I think we need to do more because they are our future, you know. I think we need to encourage them, but, but also we need to be able to learn from them. And I, like I said, I learned so much from, and I love spending time with young, younger people. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, even, like I said, I'm only 50, so I'm getting old, but young for me is someone that's 30, you know? I mean, someone that's 20 or something. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a, a well, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I do a similar thing where I, I um, follow sort of younger people, um, close, closer to me in age still, but in their, in their, 20, in their 20s, yeah. um, who... Like for me, it's not, again, they're not millionaires. They're not, they don't even have like a crazy following or anything like that. But it's just looking at how they do what they do to, yeah. you know, some of them have like a group of, you know, um, 200 people that they can always talk to on social media yes. that that respond to them, that engage with them. And to me, that's a very powerful thing. Like obviously this young person has worked out what it is that, their followers and their friends and and people they want to communicate with are looking for and and are giving them that yes. that that thing so um i think this is this is a good reminder that you don't need to follow people who are successful and and you know no. multi-millionaires or billionaires because like again i learn from my staff as much as they learn from yeah. me um i learn from every client mm. um as as much as you know we help them and they learn from us um yeah. so i think this has been an awesome yeah. reminder that um there's there's learnable teachable moments there's things happening all around you yeah. that you can learn from yeah. every day yeah and if you surround yourself with people that i like to surround myself with people that um and that's another thing an element of business that i like because especially when i've done created a, a business i've not really known a lot about that industry so you end up being and engaging people that do. And so you learn from them and you learn more about the business. And yeah, that's kind of a big part of um, um, what I what I do on a daily basis. So learn from, because I'm not a big reader, see? So I'd rather see things and learn things in a practical way. I think it's quite cultural too, because we never had like a written kind of language yeah. or anything like that. Text to read or, from and things like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah. 
I didn't. You, you were shown, and then yes, you learned yeah. from from the actions yes. of doing and learning yeah, yeah. And um, that way. Are, yeah, yeah. Mm, that are passed on. Like yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Well, this has been an awesome conversation with you, Dion. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for your time. Nice to nice to meet you and stay in touch. Likewise. Thanks. Good luck with everything. <laughs>